Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad that you joined us. I've got my uh, Veritas Baptist College mug right there. I really like that mug. It's a kind of got a classy look. I like the coffee inside of it better, but I do like the mug. And I like you. Thanks for joining us day by day. It does mean a lot to me that you would listen and tune in. So whether you're watching right now or just listening to the audio version, uh, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Revelation chapter 7 is our uh, text for today. We've been in this chapter for a couple episodes and Lord willing, we'll finish it up today. We're going to look at verses 15, 16, and 17 uh, of this chapter We've been talking a bit about these tribulation saints uh, that have been martyred for their faith, uh, no doubt have been introduced to the gospel through the 144,000 Jewish evangelists uh, that we read about in the first part of this chapter. And uh, just to kind of get our Bible timeline back in our minds, uh, the next event on God's prophetic calendar will be the rapture. So those of us that are that know Christ as Savior, there's coming a day when Jesus Christ will come back. Now, not to this earth, but to the clouds and will receive us up into the air. The word rapture means to be caught up. That, that's, that's what the, the word rapturo is actually a Latin word from which, from which we get our English word rapture. The, the Latin word comes from the Greek word harpazo, and the Greek word harpazo translates the two English words there in, uh, or the two English words rather translate from the Greek word, and those are the words caught up in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So we shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So the point is this, that Jesus Christ will come, could be today. Could be, could be before you even see this podcast, in which case this podcast would be moot. But anyway, uh, Jesus Christ could come back. And those of us that are saved will be caught up together with him in the clouds. And those that have died in Christ during this New Testament era, uh, they, will, they will rise. And they will uh, join uh, us in the clouds to be with the Lord. And we will be in heaven. So when all of these horrible events that we've been talking about, for instance, back in chapter 6, are taking place on planet Earth, we, New Testament saints, will be in heaven. The judgment seat of Christ will be taking place, the marriage supper of the Lamb. These are some events that we will take part in, uh, but on Earth will be the, the time of tribulation. Now, the Bible calls that tribulation period a couple different things. Uh, but Daniel's 70th week, remember we talked about Daniel chapter 9, how God had determined there to be 70 weeks of years. So a week is seven, so seven times 70, 490 years that he would specifically deal with his people in a, in a focused way. And 483 of those years were accomplished uh, until the time that Messiah was cut off. That's Jesus. Now, these 2,000 years, God has turned his focus upon the church. 
and, and the job of the Jewish-Gentile body, the mystery of the church, to evangelize the world. That's why we've been given a commission to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. But once again, after the rapture, God will refocus his attention entirely upon his chosen people of Israel. That's why the gospel will again be given to them. Uh, they will be the curator of it. That's why the, the 144,000 are Jewish evangelists. So I know I'm giving you a lot th- th- today, this morning, but it's important that we kind of understand this timeline. As sometimes people look at the rapture as being the same thing as the second coming of Christ, and it's not. The second coming is really the time when Jesus Christ comes back to this earth, and he will do so with you and me, with his saints, when he comes and sets down Antichrist at Armageddon and places his feet upon the Mount of Olives, walks in through the Eastern Gate. You and I will be there with him uh, during that second coming. So the tribulation time, when we talk about Revelation chapter 7 and these tribulation saints, they are those that have been saved in the tribulation and have died and are now in the throne room of God praising God that they have been delivered, praising God for his salvation and for the righteousness that comes through the blood of the lamb. So that's where we ended up yesterday. And that's what we'll we'll pick up today in verse number 15. So uh, let me just for context, read verse number 14. And I said unto him, John speaking to the elder, sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, these are they. So remember, the elder is definitively identifying who these people are back in verses 9 and 10 that are praising God around the throne. These are they which came out of great tribulation, have washed their robes, have made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Verse number 15, therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple and he that sitteth on the, on the throne shall dwell among them. So I, I love the word therefore in verse number 15. Why? Why are they praising God? Why are they serving? Why are they dwelling in the presence of God in heaven? Because they've been washed, because they've been saved, because they've been delivered. Their worship and their service, even in heaven, And their proximity to God, the fact they want to be close to him, they want to worship him, they want to serve him, all of that is born out of the fact that they are cognizant of their salvation and all of what God has done for them. You know, that ought to be true on planet Earth. That ought to be true in my life and in your life. A cognizance of salvation, a true understanding of who Christ is, what he has done, the love that he has expressed, the sacrifice that he has made, that ought to impel us to worship in a passionate way, that ought to compel us to serve him with vigor and with sincerity and with enthusiasm. It ought to challenge us to and incentivize us to want to spend our time in his presence 
So what, what will be true of these tribulation saints in the throne room of God, that they want to worship him and praise him and serve him and be found in his presence, that ought to be true of us every day of our lives as well. I think the Apostle Paul kind of hinted at that when he told the Corinthian church, it's the love of Christ that constrains me. It's what makes me do what I do. When I think about how much he loved me, oh, how he loves you and me, it just makes me want to be his ambassador, to tell other people about him, to serve him, to love him, to worship him. It incentivizes everything I do. I think it's important that we keep the right incentives in front of us. So here in Revelation chapter 7, we see this heavenly incentive that we want to serve God for eternity and worship him uh, and be close to him because of what he has done for us. And may we never forget uh, all that we have wrapped up in the salvation provided by Jesus Christ. And I know that this is a statement about tribulation saints, but this could be a statement made about any one of us because we're all saved the same way. Look at verse number 16. They, specifically now speaking about these tribulation saints, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. So that gives me a little bit of a clue as to the kinds of things that the tribulation saints suffered while they were on earth. Because apparently uh, they were people that were hungering and thirsting, that went without. Uh, Maybe people that were exposed to the elements under the heat of the driving heat of the sun. Maybe because of their testimony on planet earth, they were cast out of society. And the Antichrist and his government uh, expelled them. And maybe they were living lives not only of persecution, but of isolation to get away from. And yet what the Bible says is all of that is over. Sickness and pain and isolation and deprivation and, and the elements and all of it. It's all over because now they're with God. And with God, there is not only spiritual peace. There's not only the, the soul peace that we have because of Christ, but there's also physical peace and there's the absence of physical pain. And God is in the business of saving us body, soul, and spirit, or better said, spirit, soul, and body. And the Bible says in verse number 17, last verse I'll read, for the lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them. What a special, what a special statement that is. The lamb shall feed them. And typically you view a lamb as the one that needs to be fed. A lamb is the one that is shepherded. A lamb is not the one that does the feeding. A lamb is the one that does the, the eating. A lamb is not the one that does the, 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 the leading. The, the lamb is the one that's led. And yet, what do we find? We find in chapter 7 and verse 17 that the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, Jesus Christ, is not only our lamb, he's our shepherd. He's not only the one that gave himself for the sheep. He is the shepherd of the sheep. He's both. And so the lamb shall feed them. What a special thing to know that in heaven, 
we're going to have that kind of intimate relationship with Christ. Uh, Jesus said to his own disciples, I will break bread with you in the kingdom. I will drink the cup with you again in the kingdom. Uh, we're, we're going to have the opportunity to have that kind of fellowship with God in, in heaven. Uh, the, the kind of fellowship, I believe, that Adam had back in the garden, in the cool of the morning, back so many years ago, a restored paradise with God. Look at verse number 17. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them. That's what shepherds do. They lead, they feed. They lead, they feed. He shall feed them, he shall lead them unto living fountains of water. So these people that on earth suffered great hunger, these people that on earth suffered great, great not spiritual, but physical thirst that suffered, now there's no need because they, all of their needs are met. But it's not just the meeting of needs in heaven. It's not just the food that they enjoy and the water, the living water that is theirs. It's the fact that Jesus gives it to them. So it's not just the blessing, but it's the blesser that matters. I wonder sometimes in our own lives if we just don't want the blessing. God, give me this. God, satisfy this need. God, make me happy. God, give me the thing that my soul craves. God, pay this bill. Repair this relationship. I think if we're not careful, we look for the blessings of God without looking for the God of the blessings. And the biggest blessing of heaven won't be necessarily the satisfaction of hunger or the satisfaction of thirst, although those things will be a reality. It'll be the fact that Jesus is the feeder and Jesus is is the leader. And it says here in verse number 17 that he shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And I love the last statement of chapter seven. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. But if there's one word that I think encapsulates what earth brings men, it is the word tears. If there's one word that would encapsulate the kind of life that these people saw on planet earth, these tribulation saints, it would be the word tears. And yet, what does the Bible teach? The Bible teaches that tears will come to an end and God himself will wipe the tears from our eyes. Now, I know it's talking about the tribulation saints here, but we're gonna talk about another passage before long where every tear shall be wiped dry. And God will take care of all the collective sorrow of all mankind for all of recorded history because God has a way of solving what nobody else can solve. And what a day that's going to be. That must have been so marvelous for John to watch. These people that suffered so, these people that saw perhaps the death of their loved ones, maybe the torture of their own children, And yet all of those collective events and all the tears that they caused, every one of those tears and everything that every tear represented is wiped away as God in his sovereignty and God in his grace makes it right. And God has the power and God has the will to make it right because he loves us. And I hope that helps today. So what a great glimpse 
of the tribulation saints. For John, he saw it. One day it'll happen because God's prophecies are as good as done and you and I will have the benefit of, of, of seeing this in real time one day, one glorious day, someday soon, I hope. Well, I hope that helps today. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.